Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, this is Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom Radio. Tonight, you're in for a very special enlightenment treat. My guest is Catherine Samuelson, author of Opening the Heart Meditations on How to Be. She's formerly an attorney, and she felt, and she's a formerly a practicing attorney and felt called to move to Massachusetts from Illinois where where she is following her path of spiritual seeking and work, including her work as an intuitive counselor and a certified life coach. And she's also an angel practitioner, but we want to get to the book, Opening the Heart. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on introductions. I'll let her introduce herself as she goes. I'm looking at the book, uh, Opening the Heart meditations on how to be but there was one page in here that caught me and it's towards the back and it, it wasn't it was a uh i had it marked and then i set the book down but it was on one that with the exercises and it was one that was that really caught my eye and i have to open that up so while I'm looking for this page, Catherine, tell people what they'll experience by reading and buying your book. Thank you, Robert. I'm I'm really glad to be here tonight, and I'm really glad that you like the book. Um, first off, it was the idea was gifted to me through a very intuitive massage therapist that um, I used to see. It it did evolve into its present format. Um, so the idea came from angels and guides of the universe. It was, you know, channeled a lot of it. Uh, the first section, past the introduction and how to use the book, is a set of 56 meditation images, photographs of varying, you know, roses, water lilies, chicory, loose drive, honeysuckle berries with some text on it, and they are in pairs that you can contemplate the pairs together or separately by putting a piece of paper over one. Um, For example, the first pair is breathe deeply, breathe slowly, you can breathe through anything. The next one is action is the counterpart to breath, be in the world. So they're based on seeming dualities. The second part of the book is a version of the image with some expanded text that you can read in conjunction with or separately from the first part. And then the back, there's a set of of exercises, as you mentioned, Robert, so that you can do more guided meditations or you can, you know, just flip through the book, pick one, and, and work with it. So it really is based on how you feel called to use it. It's also... A, a tool. I mean, there are many tools to help you open the heart, but I think this is, I think I can say without being arrogant about it, this is a unique tool. Um, did you find what you were looking for? I am of value. And that is something that people overlook is the value of themselves. And I'm also on Catherine's website. It's com. And you can go there, and the picture of the book is right there. But anyway, I am of value. How does this meditation actually draw the value from the 
from the heart and the soul, basically, into being part of their life? Well, I, you know, have either, you know, done or meditated or had meditations that have created all these exercises. And um, I have done this one. And it instructs you to go to image 51, which says you are the beloved, meaning you're the beloved of the universe, you're the beloved of the creator, however you take that. And so in going into that, you're asking the creator who says you are the beloved, how am I of value? And you go into meditation, and my experience, and since this is so individual for everybody, but my experience was suddenly I was getting a list of words, you know, that were kind of descriptors of me. And it was like, really? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm, I'm all those things? And so then you can spend time after you do that integrating what you receive. You can write it down as they come to you. You can write the list afterwards. But it's a method of what your heart says about you, what the universe says about you is of value. Does that make sense to you, Robert? Totally. That that one caught my eye because that is something that I write a lot about is appreciating the value of every experience in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we've never had a bad experience. We've just had a bad way of looking at the value of the experience. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's what I, I got out right. of this. Right. It, it's it's a perspective. It's it's there's a I think I learned I think in high school or college where you know, there was what they called the three Thomases, the real Thomas, the actual Thomas. Then there's the Thomas the Thomas sees, and then there's the Thomas that other people see. And I think sometimes you take on things that other people see. So this is, like, it's the perspective that you have of yourself. And a lot of opening the heart is aiming at helping you find out and integrate how you want to be in relation to yourself, to other people, to the world, to the divine, to the universe. Yes. You just said something, Catherine, there. In relationship to oneself, how is that your relationship to the world? Well, it's multi-level because how you feel about yourself, how you see yourself, helps create how you interact with other people, how you interact with the world, with nature, with your country, with, you know, Globally, um, but not to get overwhelmed about it all, of course. Uh, does that make sense to you, Robert? Yeah. See, we let little things overwhelm us, and then we become stuck in the mark of our memory. Would you feel? How do you feel about that? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, like we've all met people who I call that. You know, they're victims. <laughs> it's like everything is bad and awful. Everything bad and awful happens to them. You know, it's like like. You know, they victimize themselves. They take on victimhood, if that makes sense. And so that's how they relate to the world. That's how they see people. And you could, you know, and I'm sure, Robert, you've, you know, known somebody who has, you know, got this victimhood, and and you don't want to spend time with them. So they become, it can become isolating. 
Um, whereas if you have a warm, generous heart, you know, and you're out in the world, it attracts people, and people want to spend time with you. You know, the world is full of victims right now. We're in the, to me, the not just the entitlements, but life, like we're owed something more than just what we put into life. Mhm. Right. And how? And now I got to get to my. I just found the one I really dance your body through life. It goes to page thirty-one. Dance your body through life. How right, are people taking, afraid to dance in their life right. with their life? Right. And I, I, I'm glad that you said dance with your life because truthfully. It's not aimed at just, yes, you can take that meditation literally and say, oh, well, I need to dance. But dancing can be something else. It's something that helps you sparkle in your life. For example, the expanded meditation for that is we are physical bodies and not just souls. Our physicality and what it offers us needs to be honored. One way to do that is to move in some way, to dance, to twirl, to jump, to leap, to stroll, to run, or do whatever your body tells you it needs to do. We do not feel as well, do not work as well if we do not move. What is your way to dance through life? And you just even you just gave me a new perspective on this, which is, you know, dancing can be broader than that. And that's what I think one of the joys of this book because every time you work with it, even if you, you know, with all the time I spent writing it and working with my book designer, I still get new information. Well, see, life is a never-expanding adventure. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, 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 and see, I use dance. And see, I'll be, I really let go of the body and the physical because I'm a visible spirit enjoying my life as mm-hmm. an eternal student. And just by unhooking the human side and being a visible spirit, I allowed myself to move forward. And that is something that this enhanced me with because it pranced a new prowess up to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, 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 you know, and then you got the next one is rest in your mind in the one. But how does a dance and rest actually go hand in hand on 31 and 32 to you, and how will that expand the world? Well, again, going back to the fact that these are paired meditations and they are seeming dualities. You know, we go through life black and white, day and night, da, 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 da. Um, So some people would say, oh, if I'm dancing through life and I'm active, then, you know, that's what I'm doing, where it's a balance. It's all about balance. And, yes, it's good to dance in whatever way that is for you, but it's also good to just sit and rest your mind and rest it in the mind of the one. Um, Again, it's all about opening up your heart so that you can be out in the world as the best you can be. And that's true. Now, I'm looking at the flowers on 31 and 32. One's a bright yellow rose. And the other one is a white, so it's bright and white, and that's the way right, life is. Right, it's a lotus, is, isn't it? It's a water lily. Excuse me, it's a water lily. Yeah, well, I'm not good at flowers, right? But it's got the white, the bright yellow like the sunshine, and the white like purity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, water lilies, lotuses are water lilies, although not all water lilies are lotus. But water lilies tend to be, particularly the lotus flower, is like very spiritual symbolically. Um, I'm not the best at the meanings of flowers. These were just sort of these the idea of which plants to use again was gifted to me. So, um and I just said, Okay. <laughs> I didn't question you know, why. You just hit on something for me and and I really expand the world. You said you really didn't know much about flowers, but what does knowing about flowers have to do with the brightness and the elegance of your book, because there is where it really dances with the elegance of life, is the symbolism of yellow, bright yellow and white. And see, it's to me, it's the expansionism of your book. Mm-hmm. And, right. You know, and to I me, think... I want to ask you: the less you know about things, the more you get a higher vibration of vision. <laughs> Would you feel that? That's really interesting. I like that a lot, Robert. You know, and I think that that helps me with the idea that I just accepted what the angels and guides wanted me to use, and I didn't necessarily need to question it. I didn't necessarily need to know why. It just it was a higher wisdom, and um, and there is expansiveness in allowing information to come in like that. You know, the trust that comes from that. Yeah. Anyway, but this book with the flowers, doesn't it really blossom new bold wisdom in people? I think it does. I think it does. Um, In fact, after doing this book, I changed the tagline on my website and my emails to, you know, open your heart, blossom in the world. (laughs) You know, you just said something, blossom in the world. Isn't that where the fear of people is, is blossoming outside of everything they know and what society has limited them to? I certainly think you could say that of some people. I'm not sure I would say that of all people, but I think that there are people who they are afraid to be out in the world because it's hard and it makes you you have to be vulnerable to do that. Um, and it just occurred to me in having this discussion that opening the heart can help you make it okay to be vulnerable, to be generous, to be kind. Um, Because my book designer, I decided that part of what this book is about is helping you be kind, be generous, be compassionate, um, and be open-hearted, of course. Um, So I I still myself get surprised at the depths of the book because uh, it's interesting there there was a – a um, review that was done by uh, someone named Shaman Vitki who talked about the simple complexity of the book. Um, yeah, and, and sure I was you... just reading that. And let's talk a little bit about that. Let me get back to it. Um, I just flipped off the page. but um, But anyway, isn't it about other people putting stuff on paper actually opens the rest of the world, you and me and the rest of the world, up to the expressed expansionism within us? 
Oh, that's really wonderful. Um, because I have this view of you know the interconnectedness of things. There's an author by the name of Barbara Brown Taylor who wrote a book called Alter in the World and some other books. And she has this phrase called the luminous web that holds everything in place. So that we're all, and I just see us all as little points of light on this luminous web. And it fits with my idea that the metaphysical world is really showing us how, the, you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, is really in some ways a descriptor of the metaphysical world because it's wild, it's wacky, it's it gives me ideas of possibilities of miracles and because everything in the quantum world is so interconnected and in the metaphysical world that's how i think those of us who are chosen to be psychic or intuitives how we receive information because we are so interconnected and so when someone does a lot of spiritual work and opens their hearts i think it has a ripple effect on this as she describes it luminous web and see, life is luminous. And anyway, the call-in number to talk with Catherine is 646-716-9738. And I'm on Catherine's website, CatherineSamuelson.com. And, and Robert, Catherine, can we, can we spell, also, let's spell, I was going to say, let's spell my name because it's spelled a little differently. Because it's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-S-A-M-U-E-L-S-O-N. Dot com. Right. And, and anyway, the thing that really is starting to really con- energize my enterprising wise here is, is your angel readings and your book go hand in hand. And now I'm on page 33. It is said that that's an opening statement for anybody to say what they choose after they do the meditation, wouldn't you feel? Um, I think that could be. What, what the way I interpreted it originally was that people tell you, you know, and people say, well, I, you know, so-and-so said, so I believe it. And the other one is, I know that. And sometimes we just know things literally in our gut. So this pair, to me, is about the balance of how do you really know? <laughs> how do you know what you you know, believe? Where does it come from? Um, and uh, if that, it, that's, but again, someone else can do the meditations on these and come up with an entirely different meaning to them, which is one of the things <laughs> I love about the book. Yeah, it's a new understanding, but it is said that what? Whatever anybody chooses. But here's, if you read it, we frequently listen to others say about love, life, and the universe. And, and something that I, when I hear about four sentences now, I just kind of say, okay, that's where they're at. I know that. I'm going to do that. I've done it for years. And about four statements like that, I just understand they're trying to, to, they're really not where they say. Mm-hmm. And but see, when somebody says, "I understand that," I understand they understand. Does that make sense? Yes. 
anyway, but in this, this is what I like about, and this is something that is very ecstatic to me. It is said you got three dots. It's infinite and it's open. See, yeah, and that's you know, and them three dots. What do them three dots allow people's minds to do? Do you feel? Uh, allows them to wander. It allows them to contemplate. It allows them to figure out on their own. Um, it's not dictated. Uh, it's kind of like fill in the blank. Your way. And that's what this book does, isn't it? It just allows people yes. to fill in the the expanded expressions of who they are their way. Wouldn't you feel? Yes. Um, when I was first doing workshops, and people would come up with, you know, we'd do meditations, and they'd come up with uh, an inter- what they received in their meditation. And I'd have to bite my tongue going, no, that's not what it means. <laughs> because, again, it is different for everybody. Or, you know, you might have something similar, but it's allowing yourself or others using the book to really find what's in your own heart. Isn't yeah, and this is an individual experience, anybody's way they choose to do it. When do you feel? Yes. I mean you can literally one of the exercises is pick a number, you know, and you can do that. You can just you know, say I'm going to you know, open the book and then with your eyes closed and say, should I do left page, right page? And and see what happens, uh, or you can do one of the exercises. Um, there's some to do, you know, a little preparation. There's one called My Heart Story. Uh, there's one called What Lives in My Heart. That one came from a meditation where I saw a heart shape, a door opened in the heart shape, and I saw a field of flowers through the door, the open door into the heart. Um, there's one about you know, connecting to the energy of the universe. Uh, so you could use the more guided meditations. You can create your own guided meditations with it. Now I'm on to the one that the world needs the most of. Be playful. And that white rose with the pink, with the pink on the blossoms. Uh huh. How is the world afraid to play? Do you feel? Um. I see it more as, you know, each individual, are you willing to be playful or have you had the playful adulted out of you (laughs) to create a word? Uh, I don't think there is such a word. Um, But, you know, as we grow up, we have to be serious all the time and we can't, you know, just skip or, you know, jump or whatever your adult version of that is. Um, And I, I think it... I don't know if it's fear, it's just we 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 tend to have we tend to be taught not to be childlike, you know, the wonder, the childlike wonder, the childlike playfulness. Um I'm not talking about childishness because I think that is means something different. Um but you know, I think I think we tend to it tends to be taught out of us if that makes sense. 
very much so. It's kind of it's really ironic the way it's what you said because this morning I wrote how the school system actually and the community and the parents and life as a child actually set your limitations for you for the rest of your life, and we don't realize. Mm-hmm. They don't let kids play, and the school system is too rigid on the answers they want because there is really no right answer. It's how everybody perceives it, don't you feel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, in math, you know, 2 plus 2 is 4. There are certain things that there are answers, but in terms of creativity, imagination, playfulness, um, I think it really is much more individual. In in life, personal growth is individual because anybody can choose to do it the way they desire, don't you feel? Hopefully. um, Sometimes, you know, a child is taught that there's only one way to do something. But in truth, you know, at the core, if people can sort of overcome that, yeah, how you grow can be very individual. And also, now I'm on the picture, page 42. Let the nature of the elements support you in your journey. How Mm -hmm. do you feel that enriches people's lives? Because that's big to me. Um, To me, that is talking about the very old elements. Earth, air, fire, and water. It's talking about, you know, literally being in touch with the earth, literally being in touch with water, because um, I think nature has things to teach us. There's all sorts of studies now about being out in nature calms you and it makes you healthier. Um, and you know, we're so f- we're so out of touch as a culture, at least in America with nature that there are people who you know, I read a blog where he was blogging about somebody who somebody complained because the barn didn't wasn't heated in the middle of winter. Well you don't heat barns because of all the hay dust, it could explode into fire. So there are people who are so out of touch with how farms operate or what it mean you know, they think if a horse has got its leg cocked and its head down, that it's sad. No, the horse is resting. So I think it's really important that we become reconnected with the elements. Um, you well, know, you fire did. can be... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You just hit on it. How are we too citified and not enough countrified to understand that Earth is the well-being of everybody? Right. And clean water and clean air, um, you know, and fire is passion and compassion and uh, water is flow and nurturance and earth is solidity, um, air is breath and breeze and all sorts of things. And now I'm looking at all the flowers in the book. And you got the water lily, the rose, the chicory. What's the loose strife? Loose stripe. And huckle- honeysuckle berry. Uh, but I want you to tell people what the loose stripe is. It is a kind of a stocky plant that has um, 
a tall stalk and it has little purple flowers all over the stalk. So it's a flower. It's <laughs> that's the best I can describe it. I'm I'm not the best at describing flowers. Is that what you, you were talking very, about? You did very well. Now we got to get to the important part. How can people get a hold of your book and where and well, for, how many places and every place? Okay. First off, it is in both ebook and paper. So you can go to my website and buy the paper book. It is on Amazon. It is on Barnes & Noble Online. And the e-versions are Kindle, Nook, and iBook. Although I'm not sure why the iBook listing shows the back of the book and, and not the front of the book. <laughs> I discovered that recently. Like, really? <laughs> So. And, and Catherine's website is Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N Samuelson, S-A-M-U-E-L-S-O-N.com. And she does angel reading. And tell everybody what else you do, life coaching and your plethora of ability. Well, uh, the angel readings are where I channel through something called automatic writing, um, angels and guides. And guides is a shorthand for there's lots of kinds of beings in the metaphysical world. So it's spirit guides and animal guides, which some people call power animals, and people actually have fairies and you know all sorts of things. Um, so information comes through for guidance for somebody, and it can be um, talking about life path, uh, it you know, should they quit their job? Uh, you know, where would be a good place to move? Uh, they're thinking about changing their career, all sorts of things. I'm not what I call a direct medium like John Holland, John Ed- Jonathan Edwards, um, or James von Prague, but we can ask angels and guides, the angels and guides, about someone who's passed over. Um, and of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not acting as a lawyer or a doctor, but you know, they will provide sometimes information about health, uh, things that you should have checked out with your doctor. Um, it's, it's it ranged from like get a vitamin D test to uh, they don't see anything energy about whatever somebody's worried about. The life coaching is to help people transition, to transform themselves, uh, to help them organize their lives, to figure out, you know, if they want a new goal, maybe help them figure out what that goal is, or if they have a specific goal, to figure out steps how to take it, and you act as a cheerleader and a nudger and a questioner. Um, so it's, it's in some ways, very interrelated. It's about change and transformation for people. Catherine, I want to thank you for being here. We're out of time, uh, and we'll have Catherine back again because this is an interesting book, and this show is about expanding people through life into a new paradigm of whatever they choose. Well, thank you, Robert. Yeah, and everybody have a good night. We'll be here Sunday morning with a lady from England. Anyway, good night, and thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> 